We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of 21 Questions, a subscribe-provided Q&A show that's proudly presented by McAdoodles, your one-stop shop for beer, wine, and spirits, now in Kansas City. Don't forget to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything from the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network of 2022. And now, the latest episode of 21 Questions. What's going on? Welcome to this special live episode of 21 Questions. I'm BJ Kissel. That is Tucker Franklin. And we are at the McAdoodles location in Lee Summit, Missouri. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, McAdoodles here. And actually, Tucker, before we get this show started, let's roll a little special promo that we've got for McAdoodles if, if you're not familiar. All right, quick little pr- promo there uh, for McAdoodles. But if you have not yet been in a McAdoodles, this is the first one in the Kansas City area here in Lee Summit. Opened six weeks ago today, we found out. It is a liquor store on steroids, Tucker. It's incredible. And and being in one, this one's such like state-of-the-art, right? It just yeah. built, just opened. It's incredible being in one. It's always an experience, great, great customer service. And listen, that's what you want when you're trying to find what, what you're going to have to have a good time. You want that customer service. Uh, it's great, and I love being at a Mac Tools every time we're at one. Yeah, we found out uh, tonight, today and tonight, we're recording this. If you're watching live, obviously, you know it's Friday. If you're listening to the podcast uh, a little bit later this afternoon, uh, they've got seven spe- specialty tastings, whether it's wine, beer, liquor. They've always got different vendors coming in or their internal staff that are always up to date. They know what's going on. They can you can tell them what you like. They will point you in the right direction. And the beautiful thing about McDonald's, if you want to try something before you buy it, you just point at it. Yeah. You take it over to t- testing area or tasting area, and they'll let you taste it before you buy it. But they've got this seven uh, specialty tastings just tonight. So if you're in the Lee Summit area or anywhere in Kansas City, you want to check it out. I invite you to come over to this McDonald's. Uh, I just got done talking with some other staff and Jacob, one of the one of the you know, executives, one of the owners here, and uh, just a beautiful place. And this thing is immaculate. It is an experience yeah. to come into one of these stores. And they got two tasting areas too. They got one um, over there in the corner. And they got one yep. right here for the wine. They got the wine set up right here. They're going to have a whole lot of stuff, as you mentioned, BJ. Make your weekend of it. You can you start your weekend yeah. off right here at Macadoodles and, and get some good stuff. Obviously, you can stop on your way to you know Buddy's house wherever you're watching yeah. the Chiefs game on the weekend. Busy, but even during the week, make sure you stop by here. And they've got God. What do you say, like? 400 something crazy number of different craft beers that they have here and and they actually said yeah it was over 400 and they said that if there's something that you like that they don't carry they will order it even if they don't have to order it in bulk which is special and different compared to other places that we've been but appreciate all you for hanging out again on this special episode of 21 questions where we take questions from our discord from our paid subscribers to the kcsn stub stack but we'll sneak in some questions if you're watching live shoot them on youtube whether you're watching on youtube facebook wherever you're at send them on twitter we'll make sure to get to those questions too but um yeah tucker what do we got first first question title of the show we got to get to it at the very beginning i didn't see the title so you oh. have to tell me so you look there you go will orlando brown jr be on the roster next year oh, i asked nate taylor this the other day um yeah, yeah. you know it's amazing amazing it's interesting how the narrative with orlando brown there's so many layers to this because i think most people wanted the best for Orlando Brown. Like they wanted when players better than themselves, you want them to come out and go out and play well and earn more money. Uh, Very rarely. And I, I'm sure there's examples. I can't think of off the top of my head, but very rarely do you 
see it work out like this, where now the narrative has all of a sudden changed. There's a lot of storylines, a lot of layers to this deal, but the chiefs may have benefited by him not signing the deal that was originally offered because based on the way that he's played this year in a contract year being undefeated is worked against him in a lot of ways where would the chiefs even offer the same deal that they did last year to him again this year, based on the way that he's played. And if it's not, how much of a, a disrespect is it to go ahead and offer less? Mm. And if you do that, that's a tough thing to sell to a player and his family and his representatives, people that are around him to be like, I know we gave you this this year, but you didn't play very well. So we're going to offer you less. It would take a player swallowing a whole lot of pride to then sign that deal. And so for that reason, I don't think he'll be back on the chiefs next year, but also don't know if you put him on the free agent market, he's the best free agent (laughs) available left tackle. So there's a, there's a lot of layers to it and you can't count on the draft for reasons we can get into, but, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a tough situation, but, for me, it's just the what contract could you offer him mm-hmm. that he would accept that the team feels good about and the player feels good about. That's a lot of things. I think, especially when we're talking about free agency, we're talking about trade, stuff like that, too. There's got to be two sides. Both sides have to agree to come to a deal. I don't know if Orlando Brown is going to concede enough to say, I don't know if he'll, he'll admit, like, hey, yeah, I didn't play very good this year. I don't deserve that much money. It's probably not going to happen. There are not very many yeah. people who, are, who, who will admit that. But, um, yeah, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that – you know, it's kind of. I think it was kind of split 50-50, wouldn't you say, about people who wanted to resign the Orlando Brown Jr. and people who wanted to, uh, to just let him go. Yeah, I, I think that percentage is probably now 80-20, 90-10. Um, but you mentioned the free agent market after Orlando Brown. Like, he's going to be the best best tackle yeah. out there. So it's, it's, it's a tough situation. And you see, the like, I know it's the internal, like, media stuff that comes out, but it seems like he genuinely, and he's at Patrick Mahomes, yeah. like, birthday party. Like, they genuinely like each other. It seems like a place that he wants to be, right. uh, which does play into things. But then it makes it even more difficult when the player's not playing well. Right. And, you know, I was kind of indifferent. It was what is what makes sense for the money mm-hmm. uh, as far as uh, wanting him back. What I got annoyed about with the stuff was the narratives that are created by certain things being leaked to the press on, well, they were going to make him the highest paid left tackle in NFL, NFL history based right. on average per year. Well, when you had like a $60 million on the fifth year of that deal, <laughs> knowing there's no way you're going to pay that out. It just it raises the average per year of all the other contracts that's the stuff when that narrative and that storyline gets out there i was like well they offered him to be the highest paid and he turned it down like that's not really what was offered Um, although looking now very strong deal that probably should have signed in something that is probably going to be used against players going forward when they don't accept the deal it's like Uh well if you don't play well look what happened to orlando brown jr I think you have to you have to think the Chiefs dodged a bullet there, right? Because as you mentioned, they were offering him a decent amount of money. There were some dumb ears on the end of it. There were opt outs in it, obviously. But again, I don't know how much I, I started this by saying uh, you got to think they just dodged a bullet. But like again, how much did they really dodge? Because they yeah. do still have to have a left tackle play. They do have to have somebody go out there and play left tackle. Yeah. Um, but it's it's tough. Yeah. And Nate told us throughout the year that he was playing a little banged up. I think he was a yeah. knee. He had yeah. something that was going on. And how much will the narrative change? And I know Chiefs fans, you know, it's caught in the you know prisoner of the moment mm-hmm. what happens if he all of a sudden starts playing like a top left five left tackle and they go win a super bowl and right. he's dominating it's right. like all right now we'll give him the money <laughs> like now he's <laughs> yes. earned it that's fine um yeah. and he's still got six regular season games and the playoffs sure. where it really matters to to show that he's earned some sort of an, a longer extension uh to stay here in kansas city yeah i agree oh you can hit me my phone over there i left it over there that's where i was get pulling all the questions off of and yeah. If you hear any noise around us, they're actually doing tastings right now. Yeah. Um, doing some wine tastings with some experts that uh, are matching uh, what people like. And you can come over here, taste a lot of different wines, figure out the one you like, and then you could buy that and leave. You don't have to buy it. Take it home. Hope you like it. And then uh, everything. So that's one of the beauties of McAdoo's. And again, they have seven specialty tastings here in this Lee Summit store. We're just off 291 Highway, south of 150. Uh, so uh, very easy to get to location, uh, no matter where you're at in Kansas City. I live over in Overland Park, and it's only about 20 minutes to get over here. It's about 40 for me. Yeah, well, you live in <laughs> Iowa, basically. <laughs> Anything Northern north Park, of downtown yeah. is Iowa. <laughs> you're across the river. That might fair. as well be in Iowa. I, I, I see a, a comment coming in through here from, uh, from Cameron asking what we're going to pick up while we're here. Um, what, what we're gonna pick up at Macadoodles? Listen, every wine my wife tells me to get when I leave. There's a they got a they got one heck of a of a seltzer cabinet over there. I might have to go peek and check those out. Um, I might get some Five Farms to be honest. You know what? Five Farms and that coffee I got over there would be delectable right now. Um, <laughs> 
That'd be great. I love me some five farms. Um, no, but I'm looking at the uh, the questions here from the Discord. These questions we're going to take questions, obviously from uh, from the YouTube, from the Facebook, from everywhere. It's impressive you can see that. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a ways over there. Wild um, that I did be able to see that. Um, but okay, is Blake Bell going to come back, and what is his uh, impact when he does? If he does, that's from it's Wolf Twenty Four, the Discord. It's a good question. Uh, yeah. That's something I should ask Nate about because I thought it was a few weeks ago that he was within that time period where he could be back and that they said like somebody had asked coach a few weeks ago and he said, he's not that far off or he's close. Um, And the fact that he's not out there and no one's really talking about it yet. Somebody should ask. Mm -hmm. We should get on that. We should text somebody (laughs) and figure that out today. Uh, They got media here pretty soon. Normally do it around one or so uh, on the fast Fridays. You get like three questions for coach on Friday, not about media. Let's get out of there. Well, he's got to go do the production meeting for the TV stuff. Well, they do that at the same time. This week, it's a three oh five game, isn't it? I would it? guess so. I think I saw it was. Uh, I'll look it up. Yeah, it's CBS. I think it's the two or three crew. I know it's not Tom. It's not Romo Nance. I think. Yeah, I think they're so, not covering Russell Wilson. I think same things obviously got shifted around since I got moved from Sunday right. Night Football. But like yep. the point that I can't, I can't remember who it was that made the point. It was Mark Schlereth actually uh, who made the point of like you're moving Patrick Mahomes out of the prime time <laughs> slot because that's how bad the Broncos and, and Russell Wilson have been. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's, that's really interesting about Blake Bell. And we talk about Blake Bell quarterback sneaks. We talk about all kinds of uh, stuff that you can do with Blake Bell and the tight ends have been really good this year. You talk about Jody Fordson, you talk about Noah Gray and obviously Travis Kelsey, but what impact he can add to this tight end room, I think could be, could be really interesting. They don't really have an inline guy like uh, Blake Bell. So maybe see some 14 personnel once Blake Bell comes back. <laughs> Just really throw a wrench in everything. But yeah, Blake Bell, that, that's a, that's an interesting uh, thought there. Uh, this one's from Drew Clark in the Discord. What are some acquisitions the team could make in the offseason to have leadership shifts similar to when Frank and Tyron were brought on? I think if there's a premium edge rusher that they can go out and get and trade for, I think that's always an option. Uh, I think from a roster building, roster composition standpoint, you see what they did with a couple of the young uh DBs that they drafted, yeah, Trent McDuffie yeah. uh, being a high, high value position as far as what you'd have to spend in free agency to go get him. George Karloftis uh, is going to be a starter on one side. Again, pass rusher, edge rusher, premium position. Who is playing opposite him on the, and these guys all rotate, but Frank Clark right now, mm-hmm. don't expect uh, him necessarily to be back unless they give him an extension. The way that he's worked with the younger guys, I, I will always support bringing Frank back, but they need to get another guy that can really get after the quarterback on that side. So that would be a position that would make sense to me. Veteran receiver. They're going Mm -hmm. to sign some veteran receiver. I think we've talked about this ad nauseum when they traded for Kadarius, Tony, but it's Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Kadarius, Tony, and Sky Moore are the only receivers under contract beyond this year, except for Justin Ross. They have the rights to Cornell power. People keep telling you that every time I say that, like, no, you're forgetting about Justin Ross. Like, he is going to be in the mix to compete for a roster spot. He is not a guaranteed. You don't go sign a a marquee proven veteran player in free agency because you believe Justin Ross is going to be a guy. He's going to get every opportunity. Love to see it happen, uh, but they're not going to shift uh, free agency plans based on uh, an unproven player at that point. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that it's going to be. I think this culture is going to be a little bit different than what it was in the Frank and Tyron year, right? I think it's going to be built from within, not going to be brought in from Frank and Tyron because you yeah. mentioned those two corners, Josh Williams, specifically those two, Josh Williams and Trent McDuffie are yeah. phenomenal. Uh, the safety back end, it seems like those five guys that were brought in together seem very tight, and that's a huge way to build chemistry is bringing those guys up together and bringing them in. So maybe it's a different way that the Chiefs get chemistry, and I think that that could be uh, refreshing almost to a point. Yeah. Um, to to see that happen, but uh, no, very very exciting. I'm gonna have to step up over here because I can't uh, I can't read the one the one question that I saw on the on the YouTube. So this right. one, uh, I'm gonna exit the screen. <laughs> How much uh, could it help the team if Andy Reid would show a bit more fire at the right moments, like he did after the Chris Jones roughing the passer call? I think Andy Reid shows plenty of fire that we don't see. I, I think the way that he handles the media, the way that he talks to me after game, especially after bad losses. It's a lot of Mia culpa. It's a lot of this is my responsibility. And a lot of times it really annoys fans because they want him to get mad. They want to see the coach as angry as they are. And I guarantee you coach is more angry than you are. Uh, <laughs> if you knew how much time they put into this, it works 20 hours a day uh, and takes like four days off a year or something like that. And even those days, he's probably sitting on a beach drawing plays in a napkin, mm-hmm. uh, which he's joked about before. But um, 
I've gotten over the fact that we're not going to see a lot of that from him, but yeah. talking to people around him, uh, even during my time when I was with the chiefs, like it's definitely there. And just cause we don't see it doesn't mean that it's not happening. And a lot of times he's getting up talking to the media. He's as much answering those questions as if he was standing in the locker room, talking to his players as he mm-hmm. was about anything else. So you're not gonna see a lot of criticism of players or this or that, because they really do see this as a, you know, 11 guys on the field, plus the coaching staff, plus the coordinators, making sure these guys are on. And it's not lip service. It's not cliches for the sake of not answering questions. It's honestly how uh, they operate. And anybody who's played a team sport, especially football, it takes everybody. And so um, there's plenty of fire uh, coming from Andy Reid. We just don't always see it. Yeah, I, I do think that that's really interesting. People sometimes will forget. I think it comes, especially when when it comes to humanizing athletes, right? You see more than you see of them on the field and on these like press conferences, right? There's more to these more to these guys than what you see, um, and I and I think that that's uh, that's an interesting thing. I did love to see Andy Reid fired up after that roughing the passer call. Like that was yeah. awesome, and to just doing like the little finger wag. <laughs> I wanted to get over here. Was it a few weeks? Ago? What game was it? Where at halftime he went and like talked to the refs. It like, was that Raiders game, was it not? Yeah, okay. It was at the Raiders game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, when they were was reported afterwards, like, Andy Reid went over and talked to him. Like, I would have loved to have been <laughs> over there because I'm sure uh, it's a little yeah. different. Because, yeah. again, if you're the yelling, screaming, you're always yelling and screaming coach, you kind of get tuned out, especially by refs. Um, your teammates are your players, uh, opposing players, opposing coach, whatever it is. So, when he says something <laughs> or goes like that, it's like, oh, man. Yeah. Like, this is something we got to take care of. Yeah, so. got to think about that a little bit. Uh, here's one from a friend of the network. And again, this all these from- questions have been submitted through our Discord um, for KC Sports Network. Paid subscribers to our newsletter have a chance to send these questions every week to 421 questions. Uh, but right now, because it's a special live show, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like and subscribe. Send us a question or a comment, and Tucker will squint his eyes or he will walk off camera <laughs> to look at his computer. Make sure we bring these questions on. I'm just going to fly blind. Um, on this one, but we appreciate all you for hanging out again. We're at the Mac doodles, uh, wine and spirits, liquor, superstore here in Lee summit, just off 291 South of 150. It's the first Mac doodles to come to the Kansas city area. If you're familiar, if you've heard of it, wondering where you've seen these, a lot of them, in Southern Missouri, uh-huh. if you've driven to the Lake of the Ozarks, you have driven past a couple of them. Uh, Tucker and I did a live show from the sunrise beach, new location, uh, just a few weeks ago. And that was a whole lot of fun, but, uh, great place to uh stop by each week and get all your your spirit needs absolutely um i, I just i just do love this place um it's it's a great place to get your liquor um we've got a couple questions in the discord i also saw something pop up on our on our comment section about frank clark you brought up frank frank clark and we were talking about kind of acquisitions and one of the questions was what does a Frank Clark extension look like? Or if they want to bring Frank Clark back, what does it look like? I can't remember off the top of my head how old he is or like where he's, where he's at in, in that terms of things. But uh, what are your thoughts on bringing Frank Clark back in, in a Frank Clark extension? You do a couple of years. I mean, I don't know the market off the top of my head. So any numbers I'd throw out there would be completely generic. Yeah. Um, talking about like two years, 24 million, something like that. Like you're not going to pay him top rate for an edge rusher, even on a shorter deal. Um, amount of guaranteed money matters. And some fans might hear that and be like, he's not worth that it's relative to the market and it's relative to what he could get in other places for people to pay for obviously his services. So um, that's the kind of deal. I mean, there are a ton of examples um, of this across the league and um, he might end up having to sign a one year, you know, $10 million deal, whatever it is. And he has to decide if he wants to keep playing um, as well. I mean, there's always don't know, never, I haven't talked to him about it. I saw him a few weeks ago. We're not talking about football and (laughs) stuff like this when I meet up with him. Um, But yeah, I, I would love to see him back. Like I said, uh, a couple of year deal makes sense. Um, he's not that old compared to some other edge rushers yeah, that yeah. Um, have been in the league a little bit longer or still kicking around and going and, and making plays. So I'd love to see him back, but yeah, it's uh, going to be a thing. It's going to be, it's really interesting. Cause I think last year we all kind of uh, almost expected, anticipated him not to be back yeah. and then they restructured his deal. So he could be back. So I think that just shows you how important he is to the team. Uh, the team really values his presence in the locker room. Uh, BJ, you've talked about that a lot. Um, yeah. Ad nauseum almost that about how much his, his presence does mean to this team. And I think that that says a lot. They restructured a deal uh, for him to, for him to be in the locker room. So I think that it's, it's possible that he could be back again. next. And that wouldn't surprise me. Well, I don't think I'd be upset about it. Yeah. Um, especially if he's a rotational guy. Yeah. And I think, I think that's one thing to be very clear just because he comes back. Doesn't mean, well, he's your 
edge rusher, they're not going to go out and right. get another guy. I think yeah. it's definitely an area that they need to improve. Even with Frank this year, as much as um, you know, his get off and all that is standing out, mm. they still need to get a dominant player for if you want to go win number of Super Bowls, it can't just be Chris Jones just being yeah. the one dominant player. You get another one. Uh, it changes everything for you to have two guys that teams really have to worry about. George Karloftis, um, you know, Carlos Dunlap, Frank Clark. These guys can make plays at different times, but you need a, a dude over there. And every team that is competing for a Super Bowl has a dude like that. And mm-hmm. we faced a lot of those types of guys like, you know, the TJ Watts, the, the yeah. Miles Garrett coming back from the injury, like the Chase Youngs. Um, Vaughn Miller at this point is an older player. So like still though, you've got dude. I mean, Max Crosby, look what that guy is doing. Like you need another guy like that and you get two of them can't game plan to one. There's a lot more things that you can do. And I think getting a premium pass rusher uh, to go and be alongside Chris Jones would be huge for this team. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas city. KC sports network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. That's the thing, too, when you talk about roster building uh, that I start to think about, you know, the draft. We love the draft here at KC Sports Network. Maddie and I have yes, already been talking about offensive linemen and edge rushers that we could look at and start to watch for the uh, the Shrine Bowl coming up right around the corner. The invites are all out and they're getting accepted, so we're getting excited for that. But from a roster building perspective, you're not going to get one of those top-end pass rushers if you don't give up some capital, you don't give up draft capital to go up in the draft or to sign those guys. Um, so... It's going to be interesting to see how they uh, how they construct this roster moving forward, um, especially with with the changing of of the guard. It seems like kind of the fading of one end into another. But uh, this one's from Mike Denny from the Discord here. Um, I, I think I see a couple questions up on the on the YouTube comments as well. We'll get to those. But this one from Mike Denny is the Justin Reed tweet fiasco smoke for lack of chemistry slash tension in the defensive locker room. You take this one first. I was reading through comments. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I think that this is a very interesting situation with Justin Reed in the, in the tweet thing. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz quote tweeted, I obviously tweeted out a meme about it because I can't take anything seriously. Um, and Mitchell Schwartz <laughs> said something about, uh, like, this is an interesting time to tweet this. I believe it was a Tuesday or something like that, Monday or Tuesday, when he tweeted out his second tweet about being right. Um, and he's like, yeah. either on the way to the facility or at the facility when he sent it. And I, I just think that's that's interesting. And, and Mike and Jeff talked about it as well. Of, of just if if he did have a conversation with Andy Reid and, and how that conversation went, but then to still send that tweet is very interesting. I don't think this has anything to do with chemistry. I really don't. No. Um, I don't think I don't think it has anything to do with I chemistry. I think it's more about a, a Justin Reid thing, and he was more than willing to move on from it uh, when they asked about him in the locker room. But uh, yeah, I just think this whole situation's odd. Let's be honest. All players think these kinds of things. 100%. They just don't always say them. So because right. we saw a little glimpse of Justin Reed being honest, and then he just gets crucified. <laughs> wasn't crucified for saying it. He's crucified for saying it, and then them going out and not winning. 
or not backing it up in in some kind of way. And I think the combination of in some ways calling another player in the league finesse, soft, you know, whatever you're going to say, and then I'm going to lock him down. Now in coverage, he did. He played really well. He did lock him down. I think that's what he was saying. Like, I was right. I did say I was going to lock him down, and he did because his coverage was really good. It was the calling a player soft and then getting stiff-armed multiple times. Uh, That was a bad look. Um, Not going to pretend to know what Andy Reid would say to a player in that situation. I'd be really surprised if he micromanaged a player and said, don't tweet this, don't do that, as opposed to, we don't do those kinds of things. We don't want to give him any reasons to get fired up and, you know, look around, look at the rest of your teammates and people that have been here in our culture know what we do and don't do because you kind of look bad. Like it's a bad look. Um, But no, I don't think, you know, any of his teammates, it's going to fracture anything because they all talk like this. Like they they do call players soft and they say, these guys suck and that guy sucks. And then they get in the mic and they show respect to everybody because that's what you want to do. Um, I've, I often for a long time said players should just be honest all the time. Just tell the media what they think about everything. And the, NFL media world would burn down. Like yeah, it would be the- <laughs> we're shocked by the honesty. Is really what <laughs> yeah. it came out. Is like, whoa, why is he being honest? That's odd. Um, no, that's that's an interesting way to put it. And you know, these these meeting rooms when they're watching film, they're saying that you know they're saying that Higby or number eighty eight is a finesse guy, and you know that that's coming straight from the straight from the film room, and yeah. it's it's tough. Uh, to- it wasn't a unique thought, I don't think. No. to put it out there like that. It's probably right. just one of those lapses of like, we were just talking about this and it just slipped it out just, and there just happened to be a camera yep. in front of you. But, yep. um, but yeah, I saw a question from Alice Duff when I was looking here in the live chat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, People got some, some thoughts on Frank. Sorry, Tommy Sparks. No Frank Clark again. If he's a rotational player and he's not hurting your cap, you've got okay. plenty of money uh, to spend in free agency. And if he helps George Karloftis and he helps those guys development, um, more power to him. But uh Alice Duff said, uh, how do you feel about Isaiah being the new version of Jamal? I personally think he is well on his way. Um, so big is <laughs> that kind of pressure on a young player uh, is a lot. I love the way that he runs. Nick Leckie, our co-host for Outside the Trenches, yep. uh, says he reminds him of a young Stephen Jackson, uh, which is another high huge, praise. high praise, a uh, huge statement uh, to make about a young player. I love the way that he runs. I love the physicality. I love the athleticism. Uh, if he can get near any kind of production um, of a above average, you know, top running back in the AFC. I think the Chiefs will have hit a home run. We're talking about a seventh round pick. Um, he's earned the right to start. He has all the athleticism and physical abilities to be a very, very solid running back in this league. Jamal Charles was special. I mean, we're talking about the all time leader in yards, you know, per carry uh, and his ability to turn a little bit of play into an absolute home run. We haven't yet seen that big playability from Isaiah Pacheco, but he's got the athleticism, but um, we're talking about a world-class track athlete that was running by everybody uh, when they knew that most likely we were going to be running the football and he was still getting it done. And um, yeah. Isaiah Pacheco is actually getting really close. I can't remember who I, what, who I saw tweet this out, um, but for seventh round rookies in yards and they're in the rookie year, obviously the yards again, he's getting very close to the top um, for this year, or like all time like all time seventh round rookie running backs. Oh, wow. It's a very specific stat, right? It's like seven round rookie running backs. Matt McMullen, this is right up your alley, I know. buddy. It's uh <laughs> so he's getting I think he's like top 3 already. Um so he could wow. with a few good good runs, good uh good few you games. Know, There's still a lot of games. No probably knows that answer. Brett Beach. <laughs> he's probably got that cuz he's like, "You know what? I'll just hold this uh in my pocket. It's yeah. a nice little nugget." Drafted the greatest seventh round I, running back in NFL history. I, it's incredible. Like, we got to see him up up close at the Shrine Bowl, and he was a tough runner. Is one of the guys that I think after practice, you know, we got the opportunity to. Say, they asked us who we wanted to see, and we were like, we want that guy. Like we want, yeah. we want to see that guy. We get to talk to that guy. So it was a really cool opportunity to get to talk to him before he landed in Kansas City too. Yeah, I I still love that. You asked him what his favorite play was in college, and we interviewed him at the East West Shrine Bowl, and he talked about a pass protection rep. <laughs> like Eric Bieniemy would love this guy. Man, he does. Here we are. <laughs> he does. The one rep against Derwin James, notwithstanding. Ooh, this is a really good question. Uh, for, this is from Ghostman two thirty one. When we go to the playoffs, I wish for Tony, Tooney, and Lucas to play. Um, obviously, Lucas Niang. <laughs> obviously, you want Joe Tooney instead of Nick Allegretti. I don't think that's a question at this point. There's right. probably a reason the Chiefs played him as much as he did. Um, Shocker! Your starters are better than your backups. <laughs> but the the right tackle situation, I think, is is interesting because. I don't know if it's necessarily fair to say that it was Lucas Niang's job to lose. Um, I think Andrew Wiley had an inside track to it, but obviously Lucas Niang being hurt, getting hurt at the end of the season, like he did and kind of taking a lot to rehab. Um, I believe he played one snap. I think he got one snap in the, in the last game. 
but yeah, I I just think that you have to ride the horses that got you there. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be a big thing moving forward. Yeah. I, this one of those, I kind of compared and I've made this comparison before Andrew Wiley to like uh, Cam Irving from a few years ago. He can play all the different yeah. positions. He's yeah. very valuable for you in that way uh, to plug him in at right tackle. He's going to play well at times and he's going to struggle at times. He's limited. He's not Mitchell Schwartz. You know, you can't have an all pro at every spot, but I would say to trust the coaching staff that if Lucas Niang is not out there playing, the grass isn't necessarily always greener. Now, if they make that move, based on what they've seen at practice, what they heard about understanding, you know, his responsibilities and what he, what he's going out there and doing, you know, of all of the draft picks, you know, that Brett Veach has made that Lucas Niang, not really getting to where all of us had hoped he opted out his first year yeah. with the COVID. Then he got injured. Uh, hasn't really had that opportunity. A lot of players in the NFL that have had this kind of story, um, but he's got to take advantage of that opportunity. If he's not out there, it's because Andrew Wiley's a better player for the chiefs to win football games right now, even if he is struggling, He's still a better option than the other guy. So it's not he gives up, you know, two, you know, sacks in big moments. And we've seen those, those highlights that go over and yeah. over and over again. It's out of 60 plays, if we're being honest. So if the other 58, he's better than Lucas Niang, and you don't think Lucas Niang would make two mistakes within 60 plays uh, that become highlights and slow mode and, and broken down. I trust Andy Reid, Andy Heck, the enemy, Matt Nagy to put the best guy out there. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely been an area that the team has struggled. I mean, there's no getting around that. They've, Talked to Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus mm-hmm. earlier today for KCS an update, and that uh, Andrew Wiley and Orlando Brown have given up the most pressures of any two tackles in the league. So it has definitely been a struggle. Um, but just because that's the case doesn't mean it couldn't get worse. <laughs> if, right. if you put somebody out there who the coaching staff who watches these guys every day don't think is good. That's the thing is uh, these coaches aren't purposely playing bad players, right? Like, yeah. I think sometimes people are like, how come he's not playing? He's obviously better. Well, he's not obviously better because he's not playing. And these coaches would play um, the best player uh, in this situation. And I, I got another question here from the Discord. Going to keep it uh, on the offensive line too. Who has a higher chance of being re-signed this ice offseason, Andrew Wiley or Nick Allegretti? I would say Andrew Wiley at this point, depending upon what the contract demands are. If he's asking to be get paid like a starter, I think Wiley has that positional versatility where he can play inside, he can play outside, he can move him in different spots. Um, I think that's more valuable at this point. But again, that's going to come down to what contract demands are being made. But one of them is starting as one of the best five offensive linemen. And one of them is a backup Uh, right now. And Nick Allegretti can play a few different spots. He can play the three interior spots. So uh, not to saying that's not valuable, um, but Andrew, I just has more experience. If I had to pick one, I'd pick the guy that's played more. Yeah. I think he's a great Andrew Wiley would be a great sixth offensive lineman for the team. So you can say that every one of them is a right tackle. He's your sixth guy, just like same thing was, was with Cam Irving. I always said like the sixth offensive lineman, I always thought was the most valuable player. If you have one guy who can yeah. play all the different positions, same thing with uh, our co-host of uh, one-on-one uh, Jeff Allen was he very much like that. He played every position at the university of Illinois um, when he was there, I think except center. Yep. I think that was the one spot that he hadn't played. So those guys are very, very valuable when you only get seven offensive linemen on game days. I do think, too, about about Nick Allegretti, uh, what he's been able to kind of do, just carve a niche out for himself here. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Kansas City, he's been, been big. He's been kind of that very versatile guy. He can step in and play center. He can play those guard positions. You don't see him out on the tackle positions. But yeah. uh, you, I think what he's been able to do on the interior has been good um, because the Chiefs' interior, their offensive line, is probably the best in the NFL when healthy with the uh, – you know, Joe Tooney on the left, Creed in the middle, and you got uh, Trey Smith on the on the right side. Like that interior is nasty, pretty um, solid. It is. You, you're not going to get any better than that, I don't think, in in the, in the NFL. But uh, uh, got a couple of questions from the YouTube. This is from How about those Chiefs? Okay, shout out Cole uh, Tucker. Will you keep growing your beard out to get it longer? No, I don't. I think it's too long right now. And I actually, as we were setting up, I was thinking to myself, I should have trimmed my beard before I came. I don't like it very long. Um, it just gets a little. It's not, hey, we're, not my flavor. You know? Cole, what are you doing? Get over here. You're not that far away. I know about where you Oh, live. that's true. You're not that far. We're at 291 and 150. You know where McAdoodles is, buddy. Come on over. Let's get I'll the bearded go. wonder out here. Uh, Ken Swanson show says... show off a real beard, Tucker. That's true. My beard's not good. Um, I don't even have a mustache. Um, people I can't. remind me of that a lot. I tried like the, the mustache goatee look mm-hmm. for like 24 hours once in college, and it drove me crazy. And I was like, I can't do this. Never had facial hair. So fun fact... When I worked at Hy-Vee in high school, um, the only facial hair you could have was a goatee 
or like mustache. You, no, that was quick. Trip. Never mind. That, that was quick trip. Let us know in the comment section if you want to hear his quick trip no, story. Quick, quick trip, not a great story. Um, it's a great story. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway, drink. I didn't get a free drink out of the deal. Um, he didn't get hired. Let's just say that. <laughs> Tanked. It's bad. But I, <laughs> I, I will say, I had a goatee for a while. It's not a good look. You know what? You know. It's all everything's a learning experience in life, right, Tuck? Yeah, and no. you learn in the first like five minutes of an interview, don't ask about vacation time, no, how much it. you can leave, like how many hours. Can you set your own schedule? Yeah, yeah. Don't don't tell them what location you can work at. Don't do that. Um <laughs> let's get back to football before everybody starts complaining that we're not talking about the Chiefs and the Broncos. Or again, we're hanging out here at the Macadoodles in Lee Summit, the first of several different Macadoodles that are coming around the Kansas City area the next couple of years. So uh, if you're curious about what Macadoodles is, make the trip over here. I guarantee you'll have a good time. Um, like we said earlier, they've got seven different tastings tonight, whether it's beer, liquor, wine. They've got tastings all throughout the week. They have internal tastings. Again, you're shopping in the store. You go down and you're like, I wonder what this tastes like. Grab the bottle, bring it over to the tasting center. They'll pop the bottle open. That's They'll incredible. let you try it. And then if you like it, you can go buy it. Uh, very unique. It's one of the cool things that separates themselves. And you and I both both know this. Everyone here, you could ask any question to. They're very familiar, not just with one thing, but with all the different things. They have people who are specialized in this to make sure you get what you want. So it really is a, a fantastic experience, and it's a beautiful store. Oh, yeah. So this is awesome. It's it's got a great smell. I know that's a, that's a big part about a <laughs> store for me. It's weird, but like if you walk in a store and it doesn't smell good, it's immediately turned off. I don't want to buy anything from it. But it's got a, that great new build smell. Mm. My stamp of approval <laughs> right there. That's my didn't think about it that way, but. Sure. No, I, I do like too because like these bottles of liquor aren't cheap. I don't know if you know that, but liquor is not very cheap. So if you're wanting to try a new bourbon, try a new wine, and you don't want to fully commit to have that option to try, I think is is awesome. And I got a football question here. Uh, Grayson Jaspers. Now that McColl has missed some time, have we undervalued him? Maybe I think. I think the combination, I talked about this earlier this week, that I think the combination of Nicole being out and Kadarius Tony, I thought yep. there was a section of Andy Reid's playbook that wasn't available against the Bengals. Now, I don't think it was the reason they lost that game because offensively, I thought they were okay, especially relative to what we saw in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, the offense was phenomenal. Uh, we saw Travis Kelsey get shot down in the first half, had 65 yards uh, in the second half of that game, which is what nine more yards than the entire offense had in the playoff game in the second half. Right, and so. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's a good point. I do think that um, you know, relative to, again, last year and not having last week against the Bengals, not having those jet sweep, that ghost action, you can have Justin Watson, you can have Sky Moore try and run those plays, but the threat isn't the same as whether it's Kadarius, Tony, Nicole Hardman. In the years past, you'd always it was Tyree Kill, and before that, it was DeAnthony Thomas. They've always yeah. had a guy with the skill set to run or give the threat of those types of plays, and especially Andy Reid is so good at this when you really start to break things down of when you're facing teams with two edge rushers or a dominant edge rusher. We saw it with Nick Bosa earlier in the year, the mm -hmm. way that they will move guys, get him thinking left and right, not knowing where the ball is, leaving him unblocked, running jet, jet sweeps to his side, the ghost action stuff. Um, they didn't have that threat. So I think in that regard, uh, the combination of McColl and Tony both being out doesn't didn't give them that threat. But um, yeah, I think McColl has been extremely valuable. He's a solid playmaker. Um, he's got a skill set that can turn you know a quick a quick throw into a nice gain of 10, 15, 20 yards. Absolutely. And those easy type yards, Chiefs have been really adept at getting with Tyree Kill over the last few years. I know Chiefs fans are tired of hearing of it, and it's not about him leaving. It's about you're the most explosive player in NFL history. Because let's be honest, he's the most explosive player to ever step foot on a football field. He's good. Uh, he's very good. Top two, three wide receiver in the league. Uh, and he's killing it, and nobody should be surprised at what's happening down in Miami. Um, but the offense is still rolling and they're yeah. still the number one scoring offense in the NFL. And uh, yeah, I think once they get McColl back and Tony and get those guys healthy going into the season, it opens up Andy Reid's playbook. It mm -hmm. opens up the ability to try and scheme and get easy yards. when you feel like you have a matchup to use that skill set with those jet sweeps, if you don't have those players and you have to figure out a way to still pick up easy yards. Speaking, yeah, hundred percent. And, and Maddie, Lane, a lot of coffee. So Maddie Lane brought that up on the post game or not post game show their game preview show last night. And he was talking about how the red zone offense could see a dip this week. Broncos very good in the red zone. Um, Broncos, defense overall. <laughs> Broncos defense is very good. They've got yeah. some, they have some stuff. Even without, the team. even without Chubb, like they're still right. And, and, and I think that 
Maddie said this that the, that without those kind of lateral moving plays, it, it kind of will get the defense yeah. to sit on 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 some stuff. And, and I do agree with that. But want to hear a funny story? I do actually. Patrick Sertan Jr. was in high school the last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs. <laughs> what year was that? Twenty fifteen. It was a Thursday night game in 2015. Yeah, 17. That was the Jamal fumble game, if I'm not mistaken. It was a Thursday night game. Marcus Peters had the pick six. That's right. Okay. That was the last time they This place went crazy. That was week two. I very, very much remember that. Is game. it odd that this that these two matchups are so late in the year? Do you think that that's weird? I think it feels weird. I think the NFL made the schedule because they thought the Broncos were going to be good in these games. Like the, It was in prime time. It was like, hey, there's a big-time matchup yeah, coming in. And now yeah. they were just like... You've got and Trevor Sikma, shout out. I'm not stealing. I did not come up with this stat, but Broncos I think it was 13.8 points per game they're averaging right now. If they don't improve on that, it'll be the worst average points per game scored by an offense since the 2000 Cleveland Browns. That's a Bush administration. The, <laughs> the quarterback. <laughs> Were you alive? Yeah, it was yeah. two. That <laughs> was in high school. Oh, again, please hit that like and subscribe. And uh, yeah, please send in, keep sending us your questions and comments. Again, we're hanging out at the McAdoo's Lee Summit. I got some updates from the press conferences. Let's do it. Um, I figured we, we might as well talk about it as I saw him come across my uh, screen here. Uh, Chiefs coach Andy Reid said wide receiver Kadarius Tony practiced the past three days but didn't get a full workload. Quote, we'll see, Reid said on if Tony is up this week versus the Broncos. That's from Herbie Teope of the Kansas City Star. Matt McMullen tweeted out, no new injury news for the Chiefs today per Coach Reid. Everybody worked in some capacity. Um, this is my favorite quote. Uh, Andy Reid said, quote, I think we're going to be okay there. And he said, talking, asking about injuries. Um, so... Chiefs should be back to fully healthy. I don't think McCole Hardman was activated quite yet to return, so they'll be without him. Uh, we've seen him on social media yeah, he, he being very active. Yeah, his first game back was going to be against Houston at the earliest. Okay. And based on what he said, it, based on what he said, it sounds like uh, that's a likely scenario to see McCole back, which is great. And I did see a, a question from Kent Swanson. Uh, oh yes. Friend of the network, we'll call him. Another um, <laughs> Founding member of KC Sports Network. I asked how excited we are to go to Dick's Sporting Goods in Leewood a little bit later this afternoon to do our shopping trip for the Soul of KC holiday toy drive and raffle and uh, take a quick sec to, to thank anybody out there that, that's watching or listening to this after the fact that uh, bought raffle tickets, supported this in some way. Um, we absolutely are blown away with the amount of support we got this year. Last year, it was amazing experience. We raised uh, just shy of $14,000 and uh, blew past that this year, uh, raised just over $21,000. And we're going to get to spend all of that money on one big old shopping trip today at the Dick Sporting Goods in Lee, or, excuse me, in Leewood. And then uh, the Operation Breakthrough truck is going to meet us there. And we're just going to load it up uh, with hopefully close to between probably 700 to 1,000 uh, different items that will be used for Operation Breakthrough's Christmas store to ensure mm -hmm. that as many people and as many kids in Kansas City have a fantastic Christmas as possible. Uh, one of the most fun things that we did last year, I'm really looking forward to this afternoon. We've got uh, a few different members of KC Sports Network that yeah. are going to be out there, a few different hosts, and uh, yeah, I can't wait. It's going to take a while to spend that much money, though. That's it a lot. It did. I think I was surprised last year how long it took to spend half of what we had pretty much yeah. um and and it's going to be even longer good thing we got more people coming with us this time this is all i gotta say yeah but, we'll have um, a couple reps from excited. operation breakthrough that are coming out and their uh development coordinator liz is coming out uh, to help yeah. us shop so it's gonna be a lot of fun rumors there there may be some media there so you might see some uh, some stuff on the news later some people coming to hang out they like when you know people helping people in the community and uh, none of this would be possible without people buying raffle tickets yeah. it wouldn't be possible if the businesses and the different people that we asked and talked to didn't donate items that were valuable enough for people uh, to want to purchase raffle ticket items for. So it really is a beautiful thing how simple the idea is and how it comes together and it works. Operation Breakthrough is incredible too. Uh, yeah. Just getting to tour that facility last year, we're going to get to go see it again this year just to see the changes it's been in a, in a year is exciting. I'm super excited to help out that organization like that and, and help with the Christmas store to help kids have a great Christmas. That's huge. Uh, that is huge, especially this time of year. Um, and yeah. we'll be raffling off all of those winners uh, at halftime of the game on Sunday. We'll go live. We've got a little automatic wheel spinner this time. As I'm, I didn't mm -hmm. cut off all the paper this time. <laughs> Christian Comager, our community outreach coordinator, is like, there's an easier way to do this. Uh, where you don't have a bunch of little pieces of paper. And I was like, it actually didn't bother me because it was just every time I cut it, like, man, it's so cool. There's so many of these yeah. things. Uh, but yeah, we'll raffle off all of that. Uh, 29 different items. 
uh, from a lot of different businesses. And I'm not going to try to name them off uh, top of my head because I will forget some and that's not fair to them. So a lot of cool things. Uh, my favorite's the lunch with Colin Saunders. That one's That's so awesome. cool. I might, that one's so cool. I might join just because I want to. Lunch with Colin Saunders and BJ. With and two, two buddies. And two buddies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a cool part too. That Colin's like, you're not going to promote of that. I'm gonna, no one cares. But like, I might just show up <laughs> just to be, just to be there. To facilitate, fun. you know, someone's got to facilitate. Sure. Yeah. We'll call that. <laughs> we talk Colin Saunders. He's a very personable dude. Not going to be an issue, but yeah, be there anyway. Oh, that's a, that, that's a great price. Um, Okay. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. We just talked about McCall Hartman. And I saw some. I see some comments in the YouTube talking about you should probably, check both as well. Probably sit down Tony this week. Not a big game for Tony to be in. Listen, I'll tell you a secret. There's not a whole lot of big games left uh, against <laughs> some tough competitions for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think every game moving forward is going to be a big game, just in terms of the race for the AFC uh, title in general or that number one seed. But be the best defense they face, though. That I mean, is true. Yeah, that is true. And they'll face them again, and not the last week of the season. Second to last, right? Third to last. Yeah, the last game is the Raiders. Is the Raiders in Las Vegas? That, that, talk about the Raiders for a second. That game last night. I didn't watch it. Well, they lost to the Baker Mayfield's Rams. I saw the tweets, but I'm not going to pretend to well, know fine. what happened because but... I read someone else's 180 characters. <laughs> Here's my take on a game I did not watch. Fair, but uh... I was reading Dog Man to my son. <laughs> Very strange book. Hmm. Very strange. I have to give a look. I have book to series. add it to my library. It's like a comic. It's weird. Um, but no, Baker Mayfield comes in for the for the Rams after being unemployed on Monday, and then comes in and beats the Raiders. Uh, most embarrassing is that the most embarrassing loss for the Raiders this season? The Jeff Saturday one's up there, though. Yeah, and it's just the Raiders. At least the Chiefs lost to the Raiders or to the Colts when they still had their head coach, and we're still trying. I don't know if that makes it any better. Uh. I think so. Let's know the comments below. I think that makes it better. We get one game <laughs> like that, one one hiccup throughout the year, and the Colts game was definitely that. Yeah, can't have another one Ooh. though. Here's a question from Lee eighty seven in the Discord. Okay. Best Christmas gift you'd give to your favorite Chiefs player? Ooh. I've got one. If well, you, you go. If it's going to take me a while. So, Sound weird, but I know some of these guys. So it's yeah. like I'm trying to think through like a really thoughtful answer here. Again, we were I was not giving these questions ahead of time, nope. so I have no idea what's nope. being asked. I'm ambushing BJ. I was I just saw this one soon. I thought about it. Um people say Creed Humphrey and I look alike. I don't say it. Um I don't think we look alike at all. But I would give Creed a nice fat cut of a brisket. Mm. And I think he would love that. Uh you know the Creed loves barbecue. I know he's got the smoker out back, mm -hmm. loves to cook some barbecue. So I think you know, meat's expensive. Meat prices are expensive. That's a good gift for someone who loves barbecues. Giving them a nice, huge brisket. You gotta have that that cap on the end so you can make the burn ends with it as well. Um, that's what I would give uh, Creed. I gotta think of one for Tommy. Yeah, you don't talk about him as much as being like his biggest what? fan right off the top. And listen, then... he doesn't pump very much anymore. That's true. I'd love to look up how many punts he's had this year because I feel like it's incredibly low. 
the first thing when you asked me that question, I thought of is was thinking about Colin Saunders, and I know his guy is Kyrie Irving, but then that's just Ooh. a whole different like whole different <laughs> answer with Kyrie Irving right now. But you get a lunch with Kyrie Irving for Colin Saunders, he'll probably be as excited as anybody who wins the raffle to have lunch with Colin Saunders. Um, but yeah, give them all KC Sports Network sweatshirts. <laughs> give, it to, give it to Kelsey to wear on the number one sports podcast in the world. That podcast with Patrick Mahomes. I know you talked about it. I'd have to pay like eight hundred thousand dollars for that product placement, whatever. Because they're good. You overtake. Pardon my take. Pardon my take has been the number one sports football podcast, years. sports podcast for a year. Like it's not even close. Uh, they're always number one, unless some other show like spikes it for like a week and like then if it they drops just back down. It, yeah, yeah, they just uh-huh. announced it. It spikes up and it uh, rises up all the rankings and then it falls back down. Uh, really impressive how well how quickly it's been successful, but. Not surprising. The show is awesome. Those Great personalities, current players on good teams. Uh, yeah, brothers. Like, it's just beautiful. Perfect. I think I'd give Katami uh, one of those Costco-sized bottles of conditioner. <laughs> Go through a lot of conditioner with long hair. My dad long hair, so I went through a lot of conditioner. Um, getting a nice year supply. It's a great gift. Um, when we talked, we had a conversation in training camp. He's talking talk about cutting the hair. He told me. He said, I'm thinking about it. And I said, you should just get a mullet. Just for a little bit. That's yeah. how long it lasts. Yeah. I can't think of any other good gift. Those guys have what they want. So trying they to do funny. have what they want. Try to seem funny. And it's like, you know what? Can't think of anything funny right now. So you can't think of anything funny right now. Don't say anything at all. That's what my mom always told me. Um, this one is uh, from Casey. From Casey. What's listed on the receipt of your first Macadoodles purchase? What did? I bought a bunch of seltzers. Yeah. When we were down at the other one, I think I bought like four cases of the Corona limonadas because I couldn't find them anywhere else. I'd searched for them all over Kansas City uh, because I had them once at the gas station liquor store, the Zips right by our house. Mm. I found them there, bought it, went back. They didn't carry it anymore. And then I went to every, I went to like 15 liquor stores around, in and around Overland Park, over into Leewood and Lenexa, and nobody carried it and every liquor store person was like well we don't sell any of it I was like, i'm the only one in this city that likes this stuff and i went down and it was a little bit later once the mac yeah. was, i found him i texted my wife i was like found it gold mine about like three or four cases of it i've got to go through my pictures because when the first time i went to mac noodles i bought a nice bottle of bourbon and i bought a bottle of elijah craig for nick lucky i think we bought the same bottle because i bought i bought that as well um it was in the back though it was a special whatever the words for it Somebody in the YouTube comments. No, it's the allocated. Ooh. It was allocated. It was in the back. Like they didn't have it on the shelf. Because remember, we walked out, we purchased it, and some of the customers walked in. He's like, "Where did you get that?" And I'm like, yeah. uh, the owner." It's like you can't, you can't have it. It's not on the shelves. They only have so many of these. Yeah, it was Elijah Craig. Um, I think I bought an Elijah Craig single barrel or something like that, and yeah. it was. Uh, Nick was very happy. Good stuff. Good. Almost stuff. as good as the Ben Holiday new bottle and bonded bourbon from Holiday. They have that here. I haven't looked yet. I do. They were, we brought it up and they were very familiar with it and they are into it. They like it. That, it's good it stuff. Is crushing it. They got the new stuff out that they have now. Uh, make sure you go check that out. I, yeah, it's the yeah, Brickhouse the, Proof. Yes, the Brickhouse Proof. It's only available at the distillery up there. But if yeah. you want something that's a little bit more um, proof, it's a little bit stronger yep. than they can sell in the stores or whatever, or whatever those rules are. Um, There's a lot of rules. Head up to Weston, take the tour anyway. You can see how it's me. Meet Kyle. Master distiller up there. He makes all the bourbon. He's awesome. Smart. Uh, he'll answer all your questions uh, reluctantly. He doesn't like all the media stuff. And he's getting thrown into it when you make a product that that's the, you got to talk to people about it. But, uh, but yeah, friends up there in Weston. Yeah. Love, love holiday. I might have to Let's get some more questions. Let's do it. Um, go into the discord here. We'll take maybe three more and wrap this one up. Okay. This is from Andy Nagel. What players on offense and defense need to step up to help the chiefs win a Super Bowl? Orlando Brown Jr. Yep. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling uh, needs to step up in that he it's kind of 50 50. If you throw the ball right to his chest, I feel like he ain't going to catch it. But if you throw him a 50 50 ball with somebody draped all over his back, he'll make the play. Yep. Uh, you want him to make the play when it really, really matters. And there's going to be a handful of plays and high leverage third down situations in which the ball is going to head in his direction. He needs to make that play. That's why he's here. That's why he was one of the guys that has the extension that is going to be here for a couple of years uh, based on the three-year contract that he signed. Uh, So I'd say Orlando Brown Jr., him, and then I'd say Isaiah Pacheco um, is a rookie Mm. who's stepping up. He needs to make some plays. He needs to take care of the football. Um, 
Not that he hasn't been. He had the one fumble that we all remember a few weeks ago, but um, all that stuff gets magnified when you have to beat the Titans, the Bengals, the Bills in, the, in a playoff game or beat any of those two or three teams plus Miami getting in the mix uh, in consecutive weeks. You can't have mistakes. You can't give extra possessions to offenses that can score um, as often as the Chiefs in those games. And we've seen it before. The margin of errors, three to five plays in every game. And so taking care of the football is going to be huge. And the guys that are holding it the most, obviously Patrick Mahomes needs to play well, but we expect that. But Isaiah Pacheco is going to get 15, 20 touches. He needs to take care of it. He needs to make some plays. Yeah, I think that uh, a lot of talks about the the safety play a lot. Um, you got to step up on that. It was so weird in that Bengals game because it seems like the Chiefs have been so sure tackling, right? It's But then like that game, it's just like they couldn't tackle anything. It's just yeah. one of those things that's frustrating. I, um, yeah. But yeah, we don't have to talk about it. I look forward to the matchup where the Bengals come to Arrowhead and our favorites and all of the yeah. shit that's going to be talked all week leading into that game. I think that will... Arrowhead, that very much sitting here now, knowing that you know we'll be at the Kingdom Bar for post game and all of that, mm-hmm. uh, depending upon when that game is, or we'll be in Vegas Ooh, <laughs> for the yeah. East West Shrine Bowl, uh, the Blue Wire Studios there at the Wind Casino. Uh, but I just, I'm gonna m- have a lot of FOMO of not being at Arrowhead for that game if the Bengals come, knowing that again, I would not be surprised at all if the Bengals Bengals are favored or the favorite in that game. And then all the things that are going to be talked all week from national media saying yeah. Chiefs don't have a chance. They have their number and replaying all these games and all the doubt. And I think the Chiefs will feed off of that. And I think they kind of need it right now. Next time they face the Bengals, I think that's a, a beautiful number of things coming together in that it will create an environment at Arrowhead that you are going to want to be there for. <sighs> and we won't be there. We won't. So. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to be in the Shrine Bowl. We were in Vegas last year for their matchup and that was tough. Because we know that you guys don't like Chiefs content like the day after their season ends, especially in a brutal fashion. So we had all these plans to put all this content out, talking about the Super Bowl with all the players out there. And instead, it was like, can't tweet, like, can't really do a whole lot. People are just angry, and there's nothing we can say to make anything feel better. So outside of Rant Swanson having his own podcast for 30 minutes and all of us just airing our grievances, you can't do that every day for a week. You just do it on a post game, maybe the next day, and then. It's all like our wounds and ready for next year. I remember we showed up to the Shrine Bowl practice the next day and it was like everyone, it was like walking into a funeral. You know, people were just yeah. like, are you guys okay? Because it was just like, yeah, just like, let's not just talk shut about up. it. Just shut let's, up. Let's, let's not talk about it. Uh, okay. Here's a question. What are your expectations uh, for this weekend's game? I think the Chiefs are going to win. I don't think it will be, again, I think I've said this like six times so far this week. I don't think it's going to be a get-right game for the Chiefs offense because I have a lot of respect for what the Broncos' defense has done this year. Again, they've only had three games where they've allowed more than 20 points. Now, they have not played the Bengals and the Bills. They've not played the Chiefs' schedule. But they're going up against NFL teams. They have been very, very good. You talked about it in the red zone. Very, very good football team. And so can I see? do I think the Chiefs have a threat to lose? No. I think it's very similar like to the Rams. It can be very similar to like the Rams game where afterwards you don't feel great about it because there's a lot of things that are like, oh, we didn't play well here. We didn't play well there. But they won the game. That's all that really matters. Get through the win. Mm-hmm. Don't have any major injuries. And yeah, I, do I think the Chiefs are going to score more than 35 points? No. Do I think they're going to score less than 30? I think 27-ish right around there is going to, I think I said 27-13 is what I kind of expect this game to be. And if you're going up against a team that isn't very good overall and you expect to blow them out, expect the Chiefs to win, yes. But it's going to be very much a Chiefs win by 10, but it feels like 30 because the Broncos just can't get anything going offensively. I'm trying to pull up DraftKings here real quick. Um, It was nine and a half last time I looked. Right, That's what what I was mostly interested in the total, what the total was going to be. 43 and a half. Okay. Um, Why well, pull up DraftKings when I got you right here? Um, so I, I that's think what it was yesterday. It may have changed. It could have. I don't know if there's a whole lot uh, that could have dictated it to change, but I do think that's interesting. It, it'll be a low-scoring game. I think you're right on. I think you're spot on with the kind of the whole Rams vibe to it too. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, I think, a Jaguars game too. They might come out and kick an onside kick, and you'd be like, okay, <laughs> it might be one of those games where it's like yeah. that. But I, I don't think that. They've got nothing to lose. They don't. The Broncos. I just they hope don't. there's a lot of business decisions getting made. That's the one thing that when you get physical late in the season, yeah. guys don't, especially with Pacheco, like that could be a reason why like he's going to finish the season strong just because he runs so hard yeah. that the Chiefs have a bunch of games against teams that are not playing for anything but pride or contracts for next year. And so right. you have a, 
a running back who's going to lower his shoulder and he's going to get after you a little bit and you're a DB on a contract year, it's like, you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to make sure that I stay healthy. Here. Yeah. Those yeah. Business, decisions, business decisions start getting made. That's all I got. All right. Well, we appreciate all of you for hanging out with us here in this afternoon. And again, we are at the Lee Summit Macadoodles. Again, they've got seven different tastings tonight. They have tastings every day. Uh, but uh, Jacob made sure to let us know they've got seven tonight with beer, with wine, with liquor, spirits, all the stuff. Uh, come here, hang out. Uh, it's a beautiful location just off 291 south of 150. Uh, we appreciate their support. They're one of the first partners that we had um, at KC Sports Network. And uh, they wanted to help uh, us to help them get locations here to Kansas City. They've got locations now in Kansas City uh, with this one with more popping up soon. And uh, we'll be doing plenty more content from uh, this location over the next, uh, hopefully next long while oh, yeah. as we continue to build the KC Sports Network. But we appreciate all of you for hanging out. Uh, we'll have more content for you at KC Sports Network, getting you ready for the Chiefs game against the Broncos later. Check out the interview that I did with uh, Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus. He had some really interesting stats regarding uh, his expectation for Travis Kelsey having a big game, uh, not just because he's the GOAT, but also because of what the Broncos have struggled with so far this season. Um, also, some more really, really interesting stats to get ready for that matchup. And then, yeah, plenty more content. We'll have Marlia Campbell, have press coverage, yep. um, and more shows getting you ready for the matchup on Sunday. But for Tucker Franklin, for myself, we appreciate you all for hanging out. And make sure to hit that like and subscribe button. Follow us on social media. We'll see you all later. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.